I'll blame the division loss on Jim Kenny if we don't put fans back in the building. I don't know if I'm going to – well, I'll blame a lot on the mayor. No, I'm with you. I'm fine with that. I was going to try and come up with a counterpoint. I don't have one. He loses the division, and I'm blaming on him. And if he tries to run anything in Pennsylvania, I will run against him on that platform. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Water Boys podcast. I'm Kyle, as always, joined by Gary and PJ. All right, fans back in the building. Fans back in the building. Maybe. If Jim Kenny, I'll blame the division loss on Jim Kenny if we don't put fans back in the building. I don't know if I'm going to – well, I'll blame a lot on the mayor. No, I'm with you. I'm fine with that. I was going to try and come up with a counterpoint. I don't have one, so that's fine. Would you go? Would you go to the game? He loses the division, and I'm blaming on him. And if he tries to run anything in Pennsylvania, I will run against him on that platform. And I will. Well, hold on a second. Uh, aren't aren't the union having fans like next week? Or are they technically not in Philadelphia County? They are not in Philadelphia County, I don't think. Okay. Chester. Chester County. I think. Okay. Because I know the union are getting fans, 2,500 fans. Well, Chester's green. Chester's been green. We should, we should go. We should go, like to, go to a union game. The thing is, though, I will go. As long as tickets aren't like $500, $600 just to get in the building, yeah, I will go. If you don't, if, if you got to, if you're angry at this, 7,500 fans in the link, then you obviously never been to a Temple game. 7,500 fans <laughs> is nothing. Can all be spread out, can all be socially distanced. I understand that you're people, outside. Arms, people that want to stay inside, stay inside. If you're mm-hmm. at risk, don't go. If you live with an at risk person, don't go. Well, here's my other thing that, that's bothered me from the beginning. Anytime, you know, a state says, oh, we're going to roll back this restriction, people are like, oh, this ain't it, fam. It's like, hold on a second. You don't have to go. You don't have to do it. It's just opening it back up. Like, there's, there's, there's people outside of you that, you know, want to do things that maybe you're not comfortable with doing. That's fine. Some girls want to have anal sex. Some don't. Some, it's you know it's what? all about what you're comfortable with. It's all about what you're comfortable with. And if you don't want to go to the grocery store, have a shop right to live from home. If you don't want to go to the Eagles game, sell me your ticket. I am in the market for one. Yeah, some people. Some people do want to have anal sex and some don't. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, I should have probably said some people, not girls. Sorry, everybody. Anyway, but, yeah, listen, stop being so up in arms about the reopening. we got to get back to normal sometime. Let's go for it. Let's listen. get weird. We're putting on shows in fields. People are sitting mm-hmm. in their cars uh, in, in the Citizens Bank parking lot. We're shutting down full streets in Center City where I'm pretty sure – and, listen, we're doing 50% indoor capacity dining. I'm right. pretty sure I'm more at risk there yep. than I would be in the Eagles Stadium. I was going to say, it's a lot more dangerous for me to go to shop right, right now than it would to be to sit 12 feet away from a guy wearing a mask outside. I, I fully believe that. What did they say about um, tailgating? I don't know. I, I know uh, about the capacity part because there's, there's a tailgating no way issue. Tail, there's okay, no way they I can thought. bring tailgating back. Okay, that's what I thought. Maybe that's if you have a ticket, assumption. if you think about it, they could open this the sites that the link owns. I'm gonna. Um, this is me running for mayor of Philadelphia. I don't live there yet, so I'm gonna have to move. But we're gonna work on that. If everyone who has a ticket gets free parking on the lots that the Lincoln Financial Field owns. And you have to put a car every four spaces. Boom. Solved. Tailgating's back. And we'll just have a bunch of cops out there. Like, stay well, away from each other. 
I think you'll have to show a ticket to get in. You'll probably have to do your your uh, scan on your forehead. But I do think sure. people that are, have tickets for the game will be able to tailgate. I can. I would. I'd be very surprised. I don't know how they'd stop that. I guess yeah. you could probably do like with cops. You could probably stop it with cops. It's probably it easier to do it. But... Well, you could just open the gates. You could just tell them you can't arrive at the game until like twelve fifteen, and that gives well, you forty five minutes to get in. They got to get people indoors and seated before the game starts. Yeah, they're gonna have. They're still gonna have to open the stadium at ten. Yeah, and they'll probably only have like two two gates open, and people line up like almost. Well, an hour I don't. I don't know. I th- I would assume. Well, yeah. I guess they would have the one next to Xfinity and the one on the ninety five side open. I guess that would be make most sense, right? Probably. I mean, if you split so up, you come on either side and you have to go. Like they, I I don't even. How are you going to get a ticket? Is it going to go out the? Is it going out the season ticket holders first? I think so, and then it kind of just goes down. And it's so as a family that owns season yes. tickets, PJ, what can you do for me here? You were given the right. option a couple months ago either to bypass your tickets to next year, okay. hold them if they okay. had a season, or he officially bypassed. go all in. So if you held them, the, fe- the people that officially went all in got before you. He so we, we bypassed. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Because we didn't think, I mean, did anyone actually think we'd have seven? Th- I mean. Listen, hey, I did. Hey, Jews are pretty risk-averse people. I'm not too, yeah. I'm not too it's risk, shocked. Risk, man- risk, risk management there. Great risk management. The tribe has great risk management. Um, listen, can we talk a little about the elephant in the room? People are going to hate on the, uh, the 7,500 people in, um, in the stadium. Just had 100,000 people at a protest around Art Museum uh, literally four months ago. I you mean, can't spread the fear protesting. It's, it's kind of a uh, – You know what, man? You're, you're getting into a – I'm getting deep. I know I'm getting deep. But hey, there. I understand that movement was way bigger – than an Eagles game, but sometimes we got to look and we got we can't just pick and choose. And we can't just have the Mayor Kenny who's fucking doing indoor dining down in Maryland when businesses are closing down here. Uh, that's true. That's so. a bad visual for him. So I'm just saying. I mean, hey, but you would go. You would go. I would go. I would, I would go. go. I would go. I support it. I support what people were doing to the Art Museum. I support people going to the fucking Lincoln Financial Field. But I'm just I saying. Would wear, just wear, wear your mask. Wear your mask. Don't be stupid. I will admit, though, if I go, I'll wind up pulling it down at one point and then being like, oh, shit, put it back up. What if it's cold, though? It'd be a great That's, base tracker. It's not a bad idea. I'll probably go with the buff or the gator. I don't know what people like to call it, but the buff or the gator, I'll go with those ones. Ski man season. Oh, and Darius Slice saying we shouldn't have had a season. Well, he retracted that pretty quickly. Oh, did he really? He didn't retract it, but he was like, well, I mean, then I got to the, the, the protocols and saw it, and I was like, oh, the Eagles really handle it. So he backtracked it. I mean, he's having a really good season, so. Let me tell you something. A little soft. Not a tackler. Whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. Listen. Not a tackler. Whoa. He's been great. Okay. You know what? That's fine, but I've seen him miss a lot of tackles out there. Something Samuel missed a lot of tackles and led the NFL in interceptions. Yeah. Big play Slay doesn't. Boom. Yeah. It's not going to deck you. He finesses you. Yeah. skill. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'd, I'd like to see him make a tackle or two. That's all. Can't tackle when they don't throw to your side. That's true. Richard Sherman. Mm, it was more Daryl Revis is a better opinion, uh, better option than that one. No, Richard Sherman's not a good tackler, though. No, but Daryl Revis he's a, like, he's a willing tackler, though. But Daryl Revis would, try. like, travel. Like, Richard Sherman would just, like, stay on his side. That's what I meant by, like, just, like, mm-hmm. literally his side. Okay. That's fine. Just saying. I'd like to see him put a little bit more effort into the tackling front. You just grew up into like a dad in the in the in the tackling fuel. I see a little bit of effort. It's fine. He just wants to see the tape that 
Gary tackling few. Gary and you saw going to the dummies. He's holding, he's holding number ones to 34 yards a game. I don't know what else we need. I want to see him hold number ones to 34 yards a game in one tackle. It's all – I don't think I'm asking for a lot here. It's just fucking balls up a little bit here, bud. PJ, pull, pull up Slay's tackling numbers. Pulling up Darius Slay's tackling numbers. Probably all assists. After the guy's on the ground, he's the one that, like, falls down next to it and touches his leg or something. Tackle's a tackle, bro. Finish the tackle. Darius Slay had 19 tackles. This year? Let me double check that with ESPN. I find it hard to believe he would have 19 tackles. Four this tackles year. a game, Gary. He has 17 that. solo tackles, two assists. That's, seven, that's four tackles a game, Gary. You I'm going to go ahead and say whoever's watching the tape is wrong. You want to apologize to Slay? Nope. I, I keep with it. My boy's tackling. My boy's defending, and he's tackling. If I play in the NFL tackling. tomorrow, I'd have 17 tackles in a game. you get through one down. Yeah. And then you'd be cast. And then Lane Johnson would throw you through the oh. earth. Lane Johnson, first of all, me and him are best friends, and I'll send you the picture of it if I can find it. I've met him. We're best friends. He would never touch me. Oh, he would let you get by, but then you would hurt Carson. Yeah, I don't think he, I, I don't think he could bring down Carson. Oh, uh, sure I could. I'll gator roll, just like the dirty guy out in uh, while, Dallas. While Carson's running around with a little Gary. Yeah. Uh, I'll find a way to bring him down. You want to do John Milton real quick, little uh, six minutes, how we got Will Pond? Sure. All right, John Middleton. We'll talk about him for a second. Um, Gary, this is getting scary. He's turning into Wilpon every day. He is Jeff Wilpon. Well, let's. He's afraid to spend money. If he gets if he gets um, wrapped up in a Ponzi scheme, he's Jeff Wilpon. Yeah. Well, Bernie Madoff's in jail. Um, let me tell you something. It's not a good look when you're like when the one of the responses is like, "Well, do you know if we're gonna allow to have fans?" Next spring, it's like, dude, you have $3 billion. Spend a little bit of money and make a better team. Well, this tells me that he's not liquid. He's not. He's got some financial issues. How much disposable income you think he's rocking? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Are we looking at like a Dean – not Dean. What's his fucking name? David Spano, the guy who bought the Islanders with no money? It could be. Cigars? Does Middleton have no money? I don't really think like cigars are big nowadays. Jewels are huge. Is it all wrapped up in like uh, you know Cuban dollars, or just like Fargo, Citizens Bank Park? Is it all just like buried underneath the backyard? I, you know what though. On a serious note, he said things that you just can't say. You can't say these things. Like he he threw Clintac under the bus, didn't fire him. He's I still think Clintac's the de facto GM. They just took the title from him. He's probably still going to run the operations. Maybe next year they make a big splash. I don't know. Whoever this Ned Rice guy is, this guy clearly stinks because they, they haven't made a good move in the front office, homegrown talent-wise, since he took over. Anyone can sign free agents. This guy hasn't made a good trade since he came in. And Middleton signs off on all this shit. I think but, he's he's scared, if that makes sense. Like, it's easy to say, like, just to throw money out there. Like, he's just do a big it. pussy. So you're saying he's a big pussy? It's just like, come on. Phillies haven't made the playoffs in seven years. You paid Bryce Harper. You threw money at Jake Arrieta. You threw money at Zach Wheeler. Like, you're, it's like he hasn't thrown any money. He's thrown some money. And yeah, but he's thrown money. He, he's thrown money. First of all, it was a personal vendetta for him to go get Bryce Harper. I actually think. From what I, if I read things that are correct, and there's you know there's like leaks all over the place, it was like Clintac really wanted Machado, 
but Middleton really wanted Harper, so Middleton went and got Harper. And then we just we know last year Clintac wanted to keep Gabe, and Middleton was like, "Fuck that! I'm going to get the biggest name available." Now maybe it all works out, and Theo Epstein becomes available next year, and they go throw a ton of money at him. Who knows? Maybe we love the big splash. I I think that's his problem. I think that's his biggest. I think he's more. I think he's Jerry Jones with a little bit of Wilpon sprinkled on top of him. Ooh. Yeah. Nah, I, listen, I, I, it's a shame too because I would love for the Phillies Mets rivalry to come back into full swing. Like if they were both good, they were both playoff teams. It's more fun that way. And I know I'm good. I got fourteen billion dollars liquid cash coming my way. I'm worried about your side right now. And I didn't think that was ever going to be an issue. I always thought it would be the Mets being the ones that were idiots. Right now, the Phillies are really kind of carrying that torch for the Met fans. If if he lets Real Muto walk, and obviously Bryce, he he, he is said he's going to let him campaign. Is it, that's a kind of a fuck you to Bryce? Is it a listen? Real Muto is not going to be a Philly. I I I really don't believe that. I think he's gone. So what if and, they, what if they let Real Muto walk, but they sign Trevor Bauer? I don't think they're going to spend money, Kyle. I don't I think do they that. are. I think that'd be a good move. I let would me, be fine with that. Let me tell you something. There's there's only a handful of teams right now that are going to have money to spend this offseason, even even with the pandemic. There's you know the Yankees, the 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 Cubs and the Red Sox are going to spend, and then you have a brand new ownership group who's going to want to spend in New York as well. So those are four teams that are going to spend money, and the Dodgers will spend. They always do. I you know. If he so if he won't re-sign a player that's already proven it to a contract that's going to be high value, what makes you think he's going to throw a ton of money at Trevor Bauer? And Trevor Bauer is probably only going to want a two to three year deal because he always likes to bet on himself. But at a certain point, if he wins to Cy Young, it's time for him to cash in. He's got to make his money now. Like a six year deal, Trevor Bauer money, would cost more than Real Muto. I don't know if that's overly true because if Trevor Bauer does what Trevor Bauer normally does and he takes a two to three year deal. He'll get less money. It'll be it'll be equal money, but it'll be a shorter amount of time. But let, let me tell you something. I don't think back to back years the Phillies are going to spend a hundred plus million dollars on a pitcher. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to have to look different ways. And no, the Phillies so. have a litany of problems they need to fill their they need to fill their roster out. They don't have a bullpen. They don't have a, they don't have a true third baseman. They don't have a center fielder. They don't have a catcher now, and they don't have a shortstop. They have a lot of question marks. You think they're nah. they're scared off by the Arietta deal? Oh, he, I think he's done. I think this is it for Arietta, no, right? Okay. He's gone. No, no, that's stupid. If he's if everyone gets burnt on contracts, see Jason Bay. You get burnt on contracts. It happens all the time. You just you know, a good owner doesn't care. Look, like, if you're making like this is what we were talking. I was talking about today with somebody. When you have enough money to not worry about certain things, you can eat a bad contract. So going into next year. Robinson Cano is a terrible contract, but now the Mets have so much money, you can just you can bury that and you don't have to worry about it. If if Middleton handles correctly, you can handle bad contracts because to get good players in their prime when they're in their 30s, you have to pay them when they're 38. That's the way it works. That's how baseball is always going to be. Until they fix that or they put a salary cap in, that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, so, so – I'm sorry. I just like – I agree with you're saying, but like at the end of the day, you're saying like – so you have to pay D let's just say hypothetically who you have to pay, right? You, if you want JT back and you want to compete, you got to pay JT, right? 
Oh, you want paying him two hundred million dollars? Right. So then, oh, you don't have a shortstop anymore. DD was not bad. He was a good offensive player. He also is going to want twenty million dollars a year. He's earned that. This is my point. Like I, I'm agreeing with you. So you're going to have to pay him. The offense wasn't even the issue. Right? No, you're 100 percent correct. You want these guys back. You have to pay them more money than they're worth because they had good seasons. And now your pitching is still the issue. You 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 have two good starters, but then your uh, back end of the rotation isn't good, and then your bullpen still sucks. So, like, my point is, like, I agree with everything you're saying, but the reason he's scared is because there's so many places you have to spend money, and if it doesn't still work out, then he's just spending dead money. Right. If he's smart, he goes out, and this is the last point we'll talk about. This. If he's smart, he'll go out. He'll get serviceable catcher, a good uh, above-average shortstop, and he'll fix that bullpen. The Phillies are most likely a playoff team, simply, and a good and a decent third starter. But let's move on from baseball. Peach, sporkle us, baby. All right. So this Friday, the Los Angeles Lakers will win the NBA championship, and right now, the Los guarantee? Angeles. That's a guarantee. The if they don't win it on Friday, they're winning it on Sunday. They're not blowing a 3-1 lead. Well, now you just went back on your guarantee, so what are you doing? They're winning it on Friday, guarantee. Thank you. Um, uh, and the Los Angeles Dodgers are the odds-on favorite to win the MLB uh, – sorry, to win the World Series. So they will have multiple championships in the same city. And there is actually times – a lot of times, actually, more than you would think, that's happened in sports history. So we're going to start – it's going to start in 1969 because I don't count the NFL championships. I only count Super Bowls. As championships. So we're going all the way to 1969. You just got the name me the city, right? And then actually we can go either city or you can try to guess the year, right? But some of them are doubles, but the doubles are not exactly doubles, if that makes sense. So one double can be an NFL MLB, but another year can also be an NFL MLB, but in a different team. Got it? Mm-hmm. That all makes sense. How many of these are there? There's nine. So, Gary, you can get the first um, crack at it. Just go first. Fine, yeah, I, always, I always go first. Fine, Kyle. Give me, give me the city and then name me the two teams with it if it's a double. If it's not a double, I'll just give it to you. But if it is a double, you're going to have to name me the two. Well, I'm not going to do that. Um, New York. Yes. Yeah. New York has done it. Well, one, this New York has done it twice. This is falling off the rails. And the Giants in 1960, sorry, in 1986, and the Mets won it in 1986. They won the World Series. Okay. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and say Boston. Boston's definitely done it. Yes, Boston has done it three times. I'm just going to give it to the, you know, the New York yeah, we, area. Here, like, we'll just do the cities. Yeah, so Boston has done it three times in 2004, 2007, and 2018. All right, can you name me another one? LA's got to be one, too. LA is also on there. LA won the championship in 1968. There are two more cities, actually. We're just going to double it up. So there's two more. So there's five. Pittsburgh is also... Another one in 1979 and 2009, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pirates won. In 2009, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pittsburgh Penguins won. So there's one more. And this is, I would say, the hardest one. I want to say Oakland. Oakland is not correct. That's wrong. That's wrong. 
1989, San Francisco and Oakland played in the same, played in the uh, World Series. So no, no, they're across the bay. That counts because the no, 49ers so won in 89. It, you're thinking in the same calendar year. No, no, we're not talking about the same calendar year. We're talking about the same sports season. It's a lot of, it's a lot of rules to this sport. Goal. A lot of rules to this one. Is it Baltimore? Wow, it is Baltimore. <laughs> In 1970. Yeah, the Colts won in 1970. And, I and think the it was, Orioles. Yeah, the Orioles, yeah. Gary, I mean this with all due respect. You are a pool of useless information. How the Thank fu- you. It, yeah. It's stupid. I don't know. I don't know. It's like stupid stuff like that. I, I mean, we could go before 1959, like the Cleveland Browns won the AAFC and the Indians won the MLB, and Detroit won this, the championship, the Lions won, and the um, Red Wings, and the Tigers. Actually, three teams won in Detroit in 1935. That Lions – Definitely doesn't count, right? No, I don't kind of think Do you think there's a worse existence than being a Detroit Lions fan? Martha Ford needs to die. Okay, that was mean. Oh. She's on her deathbed. She's putting on the 18th hole. She's chipping in for birdie. I don't know if she's chipping in for birdie. Maybe over par, but all right. <laughs> Kyle's wishing death on women now. That's fine. Not wishing death. I just think. You, know, you just said she needs to die. <laughs> I think there are at least 70% of Detroit Lions fans that agree with me. Okay. PJ, you want to wrap this up? <laughs> yeah. Um, that was do you fast. have the overall you guys record? got that. I do not have anything close to the overall record. So, I'm pretty sure Gary's up. The, well, yeah, I, know oh, that. Yeah. I think oh. I've only lost once. Um, the New York one, that was a good call because I don't know if I would have guessed New York. They have like 30 teams. I know, but like I feel like – the Knicks just continually stink, and the Yankees are the only. I guess I guess I forgot about like the Giants and shit. Giants were good. Yankees were good for a little bit. I mean, on a technicality, does it really count? The Giants play in New Jersey. Just yeah, saying. Gary. The thing you were talking about here. I mean, but Oakland and San Francisco over. right next to each other. So yeah, but the 49ers yeah, in nineteen eighty nine. Did Oakland win the World Series? I'm, I was thinking mostly like when Oakland was like really good with like La, uh, when Larusa was there. But it was Oakland and San Francisco played each other. Yeah, in 1989, San Francisco Bay Area, the 49ers won, and the Oakland A's also won. Also, so in like 2000, they had they kind of the New Jersey Devils and the New York Yankees, which that's not uh, saying the same yeah, calendar year. Like, Somebody's like, count. Technically, it wouldn't count because it is Oakland. It's a different city. Across the but bridge. it's literally right there. Although, I guess if we're going to say that, Newark's literally across the bridge from New York. If we want to get real technical, the Washington Mystics of the WNBA and the Washington Nationals of the MLB won the championship in 2019. Like, Well, never mind. I'm not going to say my joke. If no one watched, did they really win? Yeah, shout out to this. Yeah, shout out to Seattle Storm sweeping the Las Vegas Aces. I don't have Comedy Central in my car. A championship in every single decade. Congrats that she's played in. Gary, who who won the MVP of, of the WNBA finals? This year? Yeah. Um, Maya Moore? No. Okay. She, uh, that was she a good guess, though. Thank you. That's, season, but very good. It's the only one I know. Uh, Maya yeah. Moore, Brittany Griner, Candace Parker, Brianna Lisa Stewart. Leslie. Those are the four. Brianna Stewart. I don't know mm-hmm. who that is. Off of Kelly surgery. Mm-hmm. Good ah, for her to go come her. back and win. Hey, were they in a bubble? Mm-hmm. Yes, they were also in Disney. Okay. Didn't know that. Well, good to know. Ratings are down. Nah. Ratings are you know easy. one you know one point seven million people watched the NBA finals and one point nine million people watched BYU versus Louisiana Tech. 
the wait. Mormons have a lot of kids. So wait, wait, one point seven watched the NBA finals and one point nine is watched Louisiana Tech versus BYU college football. So I'm going to go ahead and put this ratings debate to bed. Here's why everyone's ratings are down. Football's on. Football's king. It always will be king. Just get over it. It'll never compete. The NBA will just never compete with football, college, or professional. I'm sorry. Let's just all admit it for once. So we can stop having Derek Reveal be like, what's going on with football? What's also going streaming. on with basketball? Stupid. Everyone streams. First off, the, the NFL numbers, what is it? Like they have the top 15 most watch events like in, yeah. in the calendar I think year, they break, year? I think they break their record every year with the Super Bowl. They just break their record every year. The NBA Finals have never been in September. The Stanley Cup Finals have never been in September. The U.S. Open has never been in September. There you go. Also, on top of that, if the NBA Finals were being played at the regular time, I'm sure they'd perform very well because you have LeBron back. Oh, I mean, LeBron's always in them, so I guess that's not a fair point. But, I like, do it's the think Lakers. the bubble does kill it a little bit because there's no – it's – it isn't as enjoyable with no crowd. Like football, I can still re- – I, I mean, I'm all in on basketball. I'm still on the tip. I'm saying for the average fan, like you're not getting the crowd noise or the excitement. I know I do PJ's think probably watched all of it. Kyle, how yeah. much of the NBA Finals have you watched? Uh, one game. I can honestly say I haven't watched a second of it, which is actually rare for me because normally when it's on in like a normal time, I'll watch at least a quarter of every game. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just done – with I, I'm not done with NBA, but I'm just done. I don't know. It's a weird sports here. I'm just not really into the NBA. And, and it's tough. I'm like I'm into the Eagles, and like I'm very excited for like the Mets and Islanders offseason. But outside of that, like I'm like a little bit. We we argue a lot about the sports calendar. I'm kind of thinking they're doing it right right now, as much as like how I'm no. not in like NBA or. Yeah, no, you, you're, what you're saying is right, but you could make it where the NBA finals could have been over right before the NFL kicked off. That was the way to do it. No one's talking about attendance being down. Oh, right. Great joke, Kyle. Great fucking joke. Kyle Ravel here. Can I tell you guys something that was really funny today? You ever, like, go to Wawa and, like, I got, I got two bubblies, two lime bubblies, and the lady in front of me just goes, do you like those? No, nah, I was just like, no, nah, I just thought I'd buy them. But but like, today, today I'm going to get two things that I've never tried. Yeah. It's like getting <laughs> it's two- ridiculous. No 44-ounce water? Actually, you know what I did? Because Wawa now sells a resellable 24, so I just bought the refillable 24. I bought the refillable, so I stopped wasting cups. I'm trying to take care of the earth. I have to stop more often, but I feel better about myself. I have one in my fridge right now. It's a good play. Are, uh, are those soft pretzels really good? No, I just bought two of them. Yeah. Like, I hate them. I'm allergic. Also, can we go ahead and admit that Wawa soft pretzels are trash, which – I'm not a soft pretzel guy. They're not good. Just saying. The oh, mozzarella yeah. sticks, never get the mozzarella sticks from Wawa. Actually, Don't even Wawa, think about it. The, the jalapeno cheddar poppers, not bad. No, not, that's not bad. But the pretzel, the pretzel jalapeno not, cheddar not bad. is so good. What's your go-to sizzly? Come on. Pork roll, egg and cheese. Yeah, egg so egg you're, a big, you're like a Jersey guy. You're a big pork roll, egg and cheese guy, aren't you? Yeah. I you like You don't get it enough in, in PA. Pork roll, egg and cheese is my go-to. Little hack. I'm sure everyone's done it. If you get the bacon, egg, and cheese, also just get the hash brown and slap that puppy right on the sandwich. What's your sandwich order? He gets the sandwich. It's I get fucking, the sandwich. Oh, my God. The sandwich. Say, the, the sandwich. See, this is a stupid thing. Like he's Have you had the and, sandwich? No. First of all, all base sucks. It does. Like, it, the people who say, like, the crab fries are the best fry in the world, it's like, come on. They're, They're a novelty really? fry. It's a novelty Whoa. fry. 
Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Explain the sandwich. It's real simple. Regular bread, 10-inch, chicken, cheese sauce, Old Bay. That's all you need. I just can't see the Wawa cheese sauce being that good. No, it's, it, it's, it, it is. It it's is, melt, It's plastic cheese. You know, you ever heard someone call it plastic cheese? It's cheese whiz. That's all it is. It's cheese whiz. The one that, like, sits in, the, sits in the container and the film gets on top of it. And you have to- mm-hmm. It's exactly. Listen, I'm not saying the sandwich. The sandwich is probably good. But in no way am I going out listen, of my way to get listen, that I, sandwich. When if I was someone, working at my if camp. If someone had a plate of those sandwiches and said, hey, do you want this sandwich? I'd be like, I'll try it. Listen, but I'm never going to order that. I was working at my camp, and I was teaching some youngins. I was like, got to get the sandwich. He texted me that night. He goes, you don't miss. He said, that was the, yeah. that was the text. You wow. don't miss. And I don't problem miss. one, don't give children you work with your phone number. <laughs> That's my Michael slide. Jackson got in a lot of trouble for that. Wait, what's your Wawa pickup, Kyle? Mine is Italian classic hoagie on wheat bread toasted. Wheat bread. No, no, no. Hold on a second. You're, you're stupid if you don't go wheat bread. It's I think the wheat bread is better than the. Has, and has flavor. Bread. It does have flavor. You got to go wheat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Italian meats, pickles, banana peppers. I heard the banana pickles, peppers are great. Banana Boobo peppers vinegar, are And uh, oregano. But banana pepper. So I've like really gotten off the. Uh, get a hoagie at Wawa thing. I go with a chicken strip sandwich as well, but mm. I always go chicken Warm. strip. No, I go chicken strip with pepper jack cheese, okay. lettuce, jalapeno, a little bit of mayo, ketchup, and bacon. Have you had the mayo part? and ketchup? You ever had special sauce? That's, um, what's that? That's a, that forms into, um, cocktail fancy sauce. sauce. Right? Cocktail. I mean, that's horseradish. Oh, but it's, it's like, it commonly referred to as fancy sauce for mayo. Is it Thousand mayo? Island? Is it Thousand Island dressing? No. No, it's not the same. It, but you, the, the key is you have to get a little bit of mayo. Where it says little bit of mayo, you got to get a little bit. Because if it's too much, then it's nasty. Dude, they put the fucking mayo on like, it's, yeah. like they have an endless. It's like Chipotle with the guac. Is this That's weird? another thing, yeah. When I, was, um, when I was growing up, my Italian – I was always Italian hoagie. I was never turkey. I was never American. I, just I used to love the American hoagie. Wawa axed it. Hmm. I um well you know you can't really support America nowadays in this country. It's fair. Yeah, bunch of fucking it's limbs running around. You know what I mean? Preaching to the choir over here. <laughs> um, so I used to have my te- PJ. It's okay. Um, <laughs> hey guys, Trump sucks. Biden sucks. And I hit the bipartisan fifty percent right in the middle. My good. Can Wait, we real quick. I thought oh, I was bugging. Oh, like go. no pun intended. I thought I was bugging yesterday when the fly was on his head. I thought I was bugging so hard. I was like, there's no way there's a fly on his head right now. Is this now. a joke that you were bugging? Is this like a pun? Let yeah, me tell you something. Pun. That was the least funny thing that ever took the internet by storm. The Them leaving a seat for Tupac because was she way funnier. was still alive, way better. Okay, this is, this is just scenario. We're not making fun of Camilla Harris at this point. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her name right. Is it Camilla? Or Camila. I had the same conversation today. Is it Kamala or is it Kamala? Kamala. Kamala? Yeah. I'm sorry if anyone's offended by that. I, I didn't know how to pronounce her name. I really No, don't. it's nothing. It's 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 syllable. It's, it's actually a Philly thing because we still call Alshon Jeffrey Alshon Jeffries. And no one knows if it's Rager or Rieger. We don't know. Oh no. My dogs are know. my dogs are getting hot and bothered right now. There's a lot this is a very passionate conversation. So that's the thing though, like you had a point. Did you have a point? Do I have a point? I thought you did. I thought you were going to say. Oh, it's oh, no, no, obviously you got a little bit of mayo. You got to go a little mayo. <laughs> so, That's my point. A little <laughs> mayo every time. Um, is, this, is this weird? 
So I used to get Italian hoagie, Italian meats, all that good shit. I used to get mayonnaise and mustard on my hoagie. That's, I think that's a little bit weirder than the mayo ketchup thing. I think mayo ketchup's kind of, I don't know. Maybe, people like scoff at the mayo ketchup, but I like go to ShopRite and they spell mayo up or whatever it's called. Heinz makes it. Oh, yeah, they do. It's like mayonnaise. Yeah. No. no, but mayo, mayo, um, mayo and ketchup's not that crazy. Mayo and mustard is a little crazy, but it's fucking good, man. I it mean, kill you, but it's good. Mayo. I mean, it's it's mayo is a silent killer. All right, let's get into our interview with Wes Oler. All right, we're joined by Wesley Euler. You can see him at ESPN Pittsburgh on the radio, Steelers Nation Radio, iHeart Pittsburgh. Follow him at Wesley Euler. U H L E R. Not how it sounds. Wes, <laughs> thanks for thanks for joining us today. How's everything going? It's going well, guys. Uh, I'm excited. I'm, I've been waiting for I've been looking forward to, I should say, this game all season, ever since the schedules came out. You know, uh, my, my wife's from Philly. Her whole family's season ticket holders for the Eagles. Um, I worked for WIP for almost three years. Okay. Uh, so I've, I've, been, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. You know, got, got a lot of Philly ties and, and obviously a Pittsburgh guy myself. So I'm looking forward to Sunday. All right. So you obviously know how crazy we are here in Philly. Are you, um, are you originally from here or are you from out there? So I'm from Pittsburgh, born and raised. Uh, I went to college at WVU, if you can't tell by all the WVU yeah. mm-hmm. stuff behind me. Um, and then my wife is from South Jersey, Washington Township. Okay. Uh, so I my beat wife, them in high school, no big deal. My, <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. My, uh, my, so my wife and I met in college. Uh, long story short, I took a job with a hockey team in Ohio. She started working for KYW in Philadelphia. Um, and then when we yeah. – when we got engaged and we wanted to get married, uh, I took a job with WIP because, I mean, who wants to be married and, and live six hours apart? So uh, 2016 to 2018, uh, I was with WIP, and then I, I got the job July of 2018 with, with iHeart back here in Pittsburgh and, and moved home. Okay. Congratulations. That's, it's cool to be able to work for your hometown, I'm sure. It is, yeah, and and I should say, like, man, I loved working in Philly. I did. I, I love the city. Um, I, I really enjoyed my time there. My wife and I lived in Maniunk, so I mean, we could walk to restaurants and bars, and mm-hmm. and just a great time. Great people. Um, that was and, peak uh, ugly moose season, right? That was peak ugly moose season. Yeah, that was peak we ugly moose. The, we were there for the departure of the ugly moose and and uh, and Deke's barbecue. Unfortunately, those were like yeah. right around the corner from us, and we loved both of those spots, but. Yeah, I, I love the passion of Philly fans. Uh, you know, I married into it, and and like I said, looking forward to Sunday. Should be a lot of banter, a lot of trash talk. So you were obviously here for the whole Wentz Foles uh, era. What's was. The, what's the outside perspective of people on uh, on Carson Wentz right now? Would you say? So I think you guys might like this. Actually, I get accused a lot of being a Carson Wentz defender or a Carson Wentz sympathizer. Um, Maybe it's because what I saw in 2017, um, but I, I've always believed in the guy. If you asked me right now, and I mean, we did this this offseason on the show, right, when we had five months with no sports and everyone's kind of looking for content to create, right? What do you go to? You go to lists. All right, top 10 linebackers in the NFL, top 10 corners, top 10 coaches, whatever. I've got, I had Wentz like six or seven on my list for quarterbacks. So, I mean, I, I've always believed in this guy. I think he's supremely talented. Um, I do think the perception, though, from a lot of people, maybe just here in Pittsburgh and outside of Philly, is that Nick Foles should have been kept around, which I've never really agreed with. Um, but, yeah, so I, I don't know if, if you're looking for, like, a, a critical uh, review of Carson Wentz. I don't know if I'm the right guy because, like I said, I've always been, like, my coworkers and everything make fun of me for, for being a Wentz guy. Uh, but I do believe in him. 
Um, and obviously I'm not as in tune with the, you know, the week to week with the Eagles, like I was when I was in Philly. Um, but I'd be very interested kind of your guys' opinion too, just on the dynamic of how much Philly thinks it's on Wentz and how much they kind of blame it maybe on Howie Roseman and, and some of the, the lack of talent around him. Well, Wes, it's funny you say that because I would say, I mean, you work for WIP. Every day, no matter what, you get a call where it'd be like, yeah, you know, the Eagles stink, but this would never have happened if Nick Foles was still here. So, <laughs> like, sure. it, it's a narrative that refuses to die here. Um, if you're a Philadelphia fan listening to this podcast right now, Nick Foles is never coming back. It's not happening. So, you got to get over it. I think the frustration with Carson is he's, in, he's inaccurate, and the last couple of years he's basically been working with trash. So it doesn't make him look good. Um, there's also this argument that continually comes back to, like, well, if Frank Reich was still here, we'd probably be in the Super Bowl every year. Or Listen, DiFilippo Frank, too, right? Right, yeah, and DiFilippo. Those guys aren't coming back either. It's frustrating. They, you know, what hap- Because the Eagles don't know this, when you win a Super Bowl, people take all your talent away from you on the coaching staff. That's what happens when you win Super Bowls. So it comes down to your coach. I've finally arid- like, uh, you know, arrived at the point where I just don't think Doug Peterson's that good of a coach. I just hmm. really don't. That's where I've kind of arrived at. Interesting. And see, and that's another one I get accused of being a Doug guy. And maybe it's because I just, what I saw in 2017. Um, I, I wonder though, because I think the Frank Reich thing, I, I do think there's something there. I, I really believe oh, I in agree. him. Yeah, I, I really believe in him. I think some of the Filippo talk was was maybe overstated and we've seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, when you see what Frank Reich's been able to do with just, I mean, he's had a really tough situation ever since he took over, right? With Andrew Luck retiring, yep. what, two weeks into the preseason. I mean, with no real heads up. Um, and what I think he's gotten out of Phillip Rivers through these first few weeks with no OTAs, no offseason really, no preseason, no any type of real offseason programs until, what, four or five weeks before the season started. It's interesting. I, that, that's weird to me. I mean, not like – I shouldn't say weird in the sense of I, I disagree with you or anything like that. Um, but I would have thought Doug Peterson, the way I look at it, right? And because Steelers fans crush Mike Tomlin all the time. I mean, guys, there's, there is a large faction, at least 50% of Steelers fans. This is his 13th year in Pittsburgh. He's never had a losing season. Half the fan base would be happy if, if he got fired here while we were doing this podcast in, in the next 15, 20 minutes. I look at Doug Peterson and I say, okay, won the Super Bowl losing the MVP, right, in week 13 or 14, and they still went on to win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Then the next year, he's got a quarterback carousel as well, too. They win the playoff game, the double doink in Chicago. And then last year, all the injuries in the world. I thought the Cowboys had a much better roster and were in a much better position, and the Eagles are still able to win the division. So I've always kind of looked at Doug Peterson as, man, like, he can take chicken scratch and and turn it into a chicken sandwich. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. But but I think I could also see, you know, the way that you pointed out, if, if I'm, you know, wearing my midnight green glasses and I'm a little more critical, right? that it, it also hasn't looked the same the past two years as it did in 2017. Well, I made this point to someone earlier today, just some random guy I was talking to. You know, I felt like when Wentz got hurt, he went to this RPO offense that really fitted Nick Bowles. And he has just never gone back to what worked really well with Carson. And I think it's because he's afraid to get Carson hurt again. And that's essentially where the Eagle success lives and dies is with Carson Wentz. Right. I don't want to sit here. So my original point was, I don't think Doug's a good coach. I don't think, I think Doug gets the players to play for him. I really do. I just don't think Doug is a good game planner slash play caller. I think that's where I, I should be more specific. That's, that's kind of where I sit. I think he needs help. I think Frank Wright was a great voice for him. I think Filippo was a great voice for him. And ever since they left, 
it just hasn't looked the same. Now, injuries play a factor, but, you know, I, I don't want to get on a tangent with the Eagles because we want to talk Steelers as well. But, like, it's it's just been frustrating since the Super Bowl win. It's almost like we sold our soul for it, and I would not right. I would <laughs> never return it. So, I'll, I'll take what I have. Yeah. This real, is- real quick, what's the heat check, too? Because uh, I know, you, I, like you said, I'm sure you guys want to want to talk some Steelers stuff. What's the heat check, if you don't mind me asking, on Jim Schwartz? Is he Is he on the hot seat as well, too? How are people feeling about him at this point? He's not Jim Johnson, so everyone in Philadelphia hates him. <laughs> he's not Buddy Ryan, right? <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not one of those two guys, so we hate him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think th- this is the first time I feel like we have taken our vitriol and actually put it on the players this year instead of the coaching. Like, okay. I feel like we hate more the linebackers that the Eagles have and right. you know, guys like Javon Hargrave or Fletcher Cox not really having the kind of season that we wanted right. them to have than we are with Jim Schwartz. Now, he's getting some shit, but Jim Schwartz has been getting shit for the last three years. So it's kind of like – the first time I feel like people are actually looking at maybe it's the players that they have and whatnot. Hmm. And then this yeah. is also – It's finally coming down on Howie a little bit too. People are finally too. starting to look at Howie because he can't draft. I've seen the majority kind of swing on Carson. It was always like, well, well yeah, wide receivers, he gets hurt, but it's not his fault. Like he always has free yeah. injuries. No, like, see, I disagree with that. I, I, ever since Foles won that Super Bowl, like it's been a fractured town for him. But I feel like on 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 social when he like the first two games he was it was it was getting ugly like I well I, he, he yeah no he he played like trash in the first two games yeah. first three games he didn't play well <laughs> we're like and he, I mean let's be honest he didn't play that great on Sunday night but they won the game yeah. so you know I mean it's gonna be it's an uphill battle for him forever until he hoists the trophy himself he's yeah. always he's gonna have the McNabb treatment where half the fan base love him half them hate him. And when he's gone, we're going to be like, oh, we didn't realize how good we really had it. Yeah. I mean, getting calls for, for Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence in the first two weeks was kind of insane. Mm, ridiculous. <laughs> Trevor well, Lawrence. A, oh, geez. Pump the brakes on that one. <laughs> the oh, worst thing they could have ever done was draft Jalen Hurts. That, that didn't help Carson Wentz's status in this city at all. Because now everyone's like, oh, let's just put Jalen Hurts in. Yeah, and you're getting nothing out of the first-round pick to this point either. Oh, it's... the first three picks. I mean, right. David and Taylor yeah, can't even play. That's a recipe for disaster. That's why it all comes back to Howie. Howie, I think Howie needs to, like, give up personnel control. He Just go back to work in, like, the, the equipment room and the cap and leave, yeah. leave the football stuff up to football guys. Yeah. Let's move over to a more complete team. Let's move over to the Steelers. Yeah. First of all, do you have any insight into their, into their war room? How do you draft a wide receiver? You know what? It's so funny. Um I had a conversation with Barchard yesterday on my show. Um, I did a couple other Philly hits and, and podcasts with some old buddies. That's the, that's the one thing that everybody wants to know. Um, man, it's crazy. And I, I, I don't have any other answer for you than Kevin Colbert um, is just a stud. I mean, he's been at the helm of Steelers scouting uh, from, from, you know, from pro scouting director to now general manager for 13 years. He's been with the organization. This is his 20th season. And, I mean, just look back at the names from, from my lifetime, right? Because that's kind of – I'm 29 years old, so I've kind of been old enough to realize what's going on with the Steelers for most mm-hmm. of the time that Kevin Colbert's been there. I mean, Plexico Burris and Santonio Holmes and Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders and Juju Smith-Schuster, and it looks like Chase Claypool now, and Mike Wallace. I, I mean, I'm sure there's probably somebody that I just – that I forgot or didn't mention. And the crazy thing is is that – Aside from Plexico and Santonio Holmes, all those guys I just mentioned were second, third, fourth. Antonio Brown was a sixth-round pick. Emmanuel mm-hmm. Sanders was a fifth-round pick. Mike Wallace was second or third-round pick. Juju, second round. Sammy uh, Coach Deont- was going to be good until he ran into his issues. Sammy Coach right. was awesome. 
Right. De- Deontay Johnson as well, too, third-round pick. He looks like he is really scratching. Martavis Bryant? Martavis, Martavis Bryant, yeah. There's, there, I mean, another yeah. guy, third Third round pick as well too. In the, he was picked in the nineties overall, I believe. Um, Marcus so that's Wheaton, everybody. Did Marcus Wheaton never do anything there. Marcus Wheaton, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I, there's there's been so many guys. Um, and if you, I mean, if you want to go back a little bit further, Heinz Ward was a third round pick, I believe. I mean, it's it, they've they've had success there for a long time. That's what everybody wants to know. And and I don't know if I have any answer for you than the the same people have been at the helm for a long time. So I would say that they deserve the credit. But it is funny. Like everybody from Philadelphia or, or, you know, I, I, like I told you guys, I worked in Ohio for a little bit. So I've got some connections in the Cincinnati and Cleveland market. And when, when the Steelers and and those guys link up twice a season, they always want to ask about wide receivers too. Steelers fans are always like, why can we draft wide receivers so well, but we can't draft a defensive back to save our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. That you look at the secondary Joe Hayden was gifted free agency. The Browns just dropped him right in the Steelers lap. Steven Nelson was signed from the Kansas city chiefs. Minka Fitzpatrick was acquired via trade. So it's funny. Everybody from outside of Pittsburgh is always like, how do you do this with the wide receivers? Everybody in Pittsburgh is, all right, well, why can't we do this with the secondary too? We got to figure it out with the wide receivers, but what about the defensive backs? Well, I guess there's a little bit of a solace in it where it's like, hey, we can trade a second round pick because we know we're going to hit on our late round picks with wide receivers. So we can give up picks to go get Amika Fitzpatrick. That's when you have confidence in drafting, it has to be wonderful because if we traded a first or second round pick out here, we would be burning the city down. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even Javon Hargrave, third round pick. Like it's it's something honestly, that was one of the things I had to get accustomed to when I when I went to Philly and started covering the Eagles. Like the Steelers are just so built through the draft. Like every team mm-hmm. talks about that cliche. But I mean, with the Minka trade, guys, that was literally last year was the first time the Steelers didn't have a first round draft pick since the Beatles were still on tour. Wow. 1969 before this year was the last year that the Steelers didn't have a first round draft pick. They've built through the draft. That's yeah. just the way that they do it. Um, and, and, and when they make free agency moves, it's like a James Ferrier. It's a Steven Nelson. Who's not a crazy splash, but it's, it's the guy who it's the rug that ties the room together nicely. Right. right? Like that, that's just, it's been a thing with the Roonies ever since the Roonies took over because what plagued the Steelers when the Roonies took over, back in the what the 60s um was that Steelers were always trading their draft picks they never made a pick they they traded for veteran players they never made draft picks I think when when the chief originally Mr. Rooney came in and 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 kind of with Chuck Knoll they revamped the Steelers image and everything and became a winning franchise and everything that they are now it was done through the draft Uh, that they believed in scouting they believed in drafting and developing and, you know, they had that one draft class in the 70s that had five future Hall of Famers in the same draft class. I, and, and they have just – they won with that philosophy in the 70s. It's, it's the same owner family that's been there since then. Like I said, I mean, Kevin Colbert, the GM, has been with the organization for going on his third decade now. Mike Tomlin's been there for 14 years. Like, Bill Cower was there for two decades. Chuck Knoll was there forever. They just – they believe in their philosophy. It's worked for them in the days of yore. It's worked for them in the modern era. And, uh, and, and they, they keep their people. They keep the guys who have success and the scouting and the talent. And it's worked well in that regard, too, that nobody wants to leave. You know, like you'd think Pittsburgh's not – it's not Miami. It's not L.A. You know what I mean? It's not New York City. Um, but when it comes to the Steelers, nobody wants to leave. They, they, they talk about how just the organization from top to bottom – all on the same page, all got the same vision and, and doing things the right way, right? That whole cliche. Well, that's a fantastic answer because he answered my next two questions. <laughs> that answer, which is great. Here's a question for you. 
my boss is actually from Pittsburgh, and for some reason, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, it seems like the Pittsburgh fans like really hate the Philadelphia fans, but the Philadelphia fans could give two shits about Pittsburgh unless they're playing hockey. Can you talk to that a little bit? Like, do you guys actually yeah. hate the Philadelphia teams? There, there's a weird dynamic there. There really is. Um, and I actually, when I was in college at WVU, I, I lived with two guys from Philly, two roommates from Philly. So we were just texting about this this morning. There is certainly, like I noticed this a little bit when I was in Philly, right, with like some of like the New York City stuff. You know, right. there, there, there is certainly some of that dynamic where like Philly will never be New York City. Pittsburgh will never be Philly. Um, and I, I mean, I told you guys, I lived there for almost three years. I love Philly. Philly, Philly as a city, I mean, there's, there's a lot more history there. There's a lot more entertainment and culture than there is in Pittsburgh. The population's five times the size, right? Like, that's just mm-hmm. how it goes. I do think part of the problem is Pittsburgh as a city just doesn't really have a natural rival, right? Like, in football, it's always been Baltimore and Cleveland and Cincinnati. But think that's not there in baseball. That's not there in hockey. Those cities don't even have hockey teams. And with the Pir- the Pirates have never really had a natural rival, and part of that's just they've sucked so much over the last three decades. Um, but I do think a lot of people in Pittsburgh, just they just want that. With somebody from outside the division that, oh, we're in state, it's a natural rival. And I do think the Penguins dynamic certainly plays into it. Oh, because I don't know if you, guys, if you guys could attest to this. Like, the Penguins are clearly the number – I mean, the, the Eagles and the Steelers are clearly the number one teams in, in town. Like, the Penguins are clearly number two in Pittsburgh. I don't think that's the same way in Philly. And I mean, I know it is. I, I, I was there again for three years. So, I think a lot of times Pittsburgh fans want to take that hockey rivalry and kind of expand on it, whereas Philly fans look at it more from, from the Eagles and Sixers and, and, and uh, Philly's perspective. You know what right. I mean? So, it's – like, like when they're into the Flyers, yeah, you hate the Pens and you hate Sidney Crosby, but I, I, I don't think it's as just something that, that they're cognizantly thinking about maybe as much as Penguins fans are during a hockey season. Right. Well, I'll give you an outsider perspective because I'm actually an Islanders fan. I'm not a fan of the, either of the two teams. Um, Philadelphia Flyers fans, they almost have like their own little faction of fans yes. within the I noticed city. that when I was in the city. It's, it's like almost- its own little group. Yeah, it's almost like they're they're Philly fans. They are Philly fans, but like there's there's a group of people who really care about the Flyers. Yes. And then there's, you know, three quarters of the population who be like, oh, the Flyers are in the playoffs. Let me tune in. And Correct. then the those two groups hate each other. So and that's how most that's how most play. hockey that's how most hockey towns right. are. The Flyers have their own internal rivalry against them, the, the real fans and the bandwagon fans, because they hate each other already. But the most unifying thing Pittsburgh could ever do is for Sidney Crosby to come out and said he hates he hates Philadelphia because that <laughs> all you need is one headline for Philadelphia and they'll run with it forever. And I'm a Philadelphia I'm an Eagles fan, so that makes sure. me a Philly fan. That's just how that works. If you like the Eagles, you're a Philly fan, so you have the mindset. I'm also you know I have to root for two teams that are just brutal in the Mets and the Islanders. So like we won't even get into that. But it's like you say one thing bad thing about Philadelphia, you gave us a rallying cry for life. I mean yes. we're still attached to a guy who you know lost to. <laughs> What did he lose to? Uh, Apollo Creed. We made five movies about it, and he's our national hero. We love a lovable loser. That's just Philly for us. And, and Pittsburgh should take pride in it because there's clearly a superior football city. I, I do think – I don't know if you guys remember this. In, uh, in 2017, someone from the Philly Inquirer wrote an article like why Pittsburgh has been this, the trophy capital of Pennsylvania and not Philly. And, like, everybody at WIP was like, oh, I didn't know you were ghostwriting for, for the Inquirer. <laughs> like, did you, did you write this article? Um, but it is funny, like, I get the dynamic of, like, the way I feel like Philly talks about Pittsburgh is the same way that Pittsburgh talks about WVU or West Virginia. Like, there, there's a weird dynamic there for me where, like, um, 
you know, like Barchard and like John Marks and Ike Reese and Jack Fritz and a lot of the guys I used to work with at WIP, Joe Giglio, those guys like would make jokes would make jokes about like why'd you come out to philly huh because we got running water out here you know what i mean like like the same type of jokes that people in pittsburgh make about people in west virginia so there's always been that funny dynamic of like i i've seen that with like being a wvu fan with pittsburgh and then it's like the same way that philly treats pittsburgh is the same way pittsburgh treats west virginia it's it's funny to me it's that little brother syndrome that's just yeah. all it is that's all sure. it really is for sure so fans are going to be back in the stadium. How's, uh, how's the sentiment over there? People, people are excited. Um, I mean, I think there's, there's obviously there's not the, the same buzz because you can't tailgate. I mean, and you guys know, right? Nobody ever says, people say all the time, go to, if you're not crazy about hockey, go to a game. You'll love it. It's, it's, a, right. it's amazing, right, in person. They say, I tell the same people, I tell my friends in Pittsburgh all the time, like, go to an NBA game. We're, we're a little over 90 minutes away from Cleveland. Like, go watch the Cavs play. Like, NBA is a blast. You'll like it if you see a game in person. I don't know if people ever really say that about football. You know what I mean? Like, the viewership is the viewership experience is better at home. 70-inch TV, you got your cooler of beers. You can get nachos and wings that don't cost you $13 a piece. There's not a 20-minute line for the bathroom. Like, we go to football games. I, I'm a WVU season ticket holder. I drive 90 minutes down to Morgantown every Saturday normally, you know, in a non-pandemic world. Mm-hmm. Because you have your friends, you have your family, the people that you grew up with, you, you tailgate with the same people, the camaraderie, right? And if you're a Steelers fan, and uh, somebody walks by in a J.J. Watt jersey and you give them a little beef, right? But then you invite them over for a beer or whatever and, and say hello. You get in the stadium, everyone's waving their terrible towels, there's the music pumping. Like, the fo- going to a football game is a lot about the experience, I think more so than any other sport, as opposed to just the viewership product within the white lines. Yeah. So I wonder how that affects, you know, Steelers fans. Like, are you still as gung-ho to go to the game? I'm sure a lot of people are because they just love the team and they just want to be in there. I feel like, though, if it was 15,000 fans, you know, that that's a little more substantial. Mm-hmm. 5,500 fans, really, I think it'll be nice to – it'll take away some of that awkwardness on TV. But that'll probably be about it, right? I mean, 5,000 people, they're not going to have an effect on the game. They're not going to – I'm sure the guys will be jumping up and down and trying to pump them up, but – that it's really going to be, it might, like I said, it might take away some of that awkwardness, but I think that's about it. I agree. I I think the experience sometimes, like if you're like a fledgling, fledgling program, excuse me, like lions or the dolphins, like you're getting through those seasons because you know, it's a camaraderie with, with your tail. Look at the Buffalo bills. Right. I mean, up until recently they were terrible forever, but their fans were jumping through tables and squirting each other with mustard and having a great time. Yeah, exactly. And that gets you through a 16 season. They get you through a two and 14, eight and eight season, you know, going down there is, you know, and I'm, I'm sure I'm almost positive we are going to have fans next week. Uh, I'll be shocked if we do not. I think the city might nice. revolt on the mayor yeah. if they don't. Um, but, yeah, there will, be no, there will be no tailgating. There will be people who have tickets to the game. They'll be, you know, four spots away from each other. They'll do their own, like, little pandemic tailgating. Right, right. Go in. And it's just – it takes away from the camaraderie. But I agree 100%. The viewing on – Football is probably the only one I would agree that I'd rather watch it on the couch than in person. Even baseball too, right? Like you'd rather go to the ballpark and watch the game. Yeah, I guess I'm the one that's in the minority because I guess I value so much the uh, the in-game experience. I, I'm not a season ticket holder, but I, I've created a network of people that will sell me a ticket to any game. So right. I usually go to – I would probably say I go to six six out of eight home games. I don't know what it is. I love going. 
I also don't have to drive because I have a bus take me there and a bus take me home, which is kind of nice. unreal. And I guess really the only difference is if a guy walked by in a J.J. Watt jersey, we wouldn't give him beer. We'd just throw one at him. Throw one on him. <laughs> and be like, get out of here, I, I can tell. I can tell when I said that joke that it just kind of right over your head. Yeah, like, what are you like, talking yeah, about? Yeah, what are you talking funny. about? Give him a beer. I'm throwing yeah. a hot dog at him. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I guess I'm the only I, – I'll admit that it's better on, it's better on TV, but if someone goes, you want a ticket – and stand in nine, nine, you know, negative nine degree weather. You want to sit in your heated garage? Right. I'll go sit in the weather. And I, I gotta be there. Like, I, like I said, I do that same thing. I drive ninety minutes down to Morgantown because I love it. But I, yeah. I do also think part of the reason that I love it is because of all that stuff we just talked about. I'm gonna go October seventeenth. I'm going. WVU's letting fans in for the first time October seventeenth. So Wait, my what? wife and I, so my wife and I are going. So I'll get back to you on how the experience is. Um, so I'm excited to go, and, and I love the team, obviously. Um, but it won't be the same, you know, bumping around the tailgates and seeing my uncle over here and seeing my old college buddies over here. It'll be different. I'm, I'm looking forward to it in, in a way, but I'm, I'm not as hyped as I would normally be. Are you, uh, are you worried WVU is becoming a stepping stone program? Oh, I wish we could become a stepping stone program. I mean, I thought we, I thought we were for, I thought we were for a little while and then we had some, some down years there. Um, this is an interesting season, but I, I do like Neil Brown. I think we got the right head coach. I think we're moving in the, in the right direction here. Um, and I think the basketball team, if they can pull that off this season, the basketball team I think is going gonna, is gonna to be really good. Bob Huggins lost a bunch of weight. I don't know if you guys have seen these pictures floating around, but oh. Huggy Bears, he's looking, like a, he's looking like a killing machine, baby. He's ready for another Final Four run. I don't know. I think, you could say he lost his uh, – yeah. just run kids at 15 miles an hour on a treadmill and then make him get back in the drill. <laughs> See, yeah, you guys know your stuff. I love it. It, it looks a little rough that Dana Holgerson left the Big 12 for the AAC. I'm just saying. Oh, for sure. For sure. 100%. I, I agree with you on that. The optics of that were not good. Um, but I do think it was the right move by our athletic director. I do. Dana wanted a contract extension. He didn't want to give it to him. Dana, Dana left. Um, and so I'm with you. I don't think it looked good to, to lose him to Houston. I do think, though, the program – we've got a better program builder. Like, that's the thing. Dana was a great X's and O's guy. Some programs, though, like, you need the program builder. You know what I mean? Like, at WVU, we're never going to have the four- and five-star recruits where just our Jimmys and Joes are better than your X's and O's, and we're going to line up and beat you. Like, we need somebody who's a real – who can out-coach. You know, our sideline needs to out-coach Oklahoma and Texas' sideline on a consistent basis for us to that's have a chance. This year, that's and, easy. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Oklahoma, how about that? Yeah. Um, and like I said – while I thought Dana Holgerson, like a great X's and O's tactician, I just don't know if he was the best program builder. I don't think he loved recruiting in the way, especially at a place like WVU, because, again, you're selling Morgantown. You're not selling Baton Rouge or Columbus, Ohio. Um, I'm happy for Dana. I think he'll have great success in Houston, and he'll end up somewhere big again. Um, but I do think in the long run it, it'll work out better for us as well. At least at least that's what I'm telling myself here. That's a great, great veteran answer right there. Okay, go there. <laughs> One thing I got – well, side note, one thing me and Kyle both have to just be so jealous of is that, you know, Kyle went to Temple. I went to UMass, so not very good football programs. Well, I mean, Kyle will sit here and argue that Temple's a real program, but Will Fuller's still running that football. Um, I, I got to say, I, I am very jealous of you. I, I was lucky enough to be able to move to Michigan for a few years, so I've kind of adapted the Wolverines as my uh, team. But nice. there's, nothing like, uh, there's nothing like a real college football town to get your juices flowing. It's the best. But I did want to ask you uh, – I'm just going to run you through three questions about Pittsburgh. And I'm going to – I want your honest opinion on this. I'll be honest with you, boys. Fries on sandwiches is trash, right? Crazy. Come on. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, except for Permanis. But, yeah. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, they no. have to be soggy and not good. 
Uh, like absolutely like, yes that's that's the biggest problem is that if you're putting fries on a sandwich you need to overcook the fries yeah perfect thank you but, yeah but people but people don't do that yeah like you familiar with like like are you hungry like the ruckers like the the fat sandwiches yes so if i'm like I'm afraid drunk, i said that so quickly <laughs> if i'm if i'm like you know if i'm if i'm hammered drunk at two in the morning yeah give me french fries on a sandwich right yeah. but if it's if it's 12:30 on a tuesday and i gotta go back to work for five more yeah. hours yeah, really that's, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Uh, Cheesesteaks over fries on a sandwich. I need yes. to go hundred percent. Woodrow's is my spot, by the way. Delisandro's was right around the corner from my house. Loved it. All right. So you know your shit. I mean, I, I yeah. didn't know if you were pandering because of the Philly podcast, but. No. I, I told you guys I lived there for 28 months. I mean, here's a Woodrow's. People with Primanti's in, in the Pittsburgh sandwiches will fucking die for those. Okay. I know, and I'm not. I'm not right. Again, if you know, when I'm down on the south side, which is kind of like uh, like the South Street, if you will, of Philly. When I'm down on the south side, and, and me and my buddies, it's a Friday or Saturday night, and it's one in the morning. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I love the house of pastrami sandwich with a bunch of French fries and all kinds of other <laughs> crap on it. Uh, but yeah, when when sober me is operating, uh, give me a cheesesteak ten times out of ten mm-hmm. o- over that for sure. Uh, does anyone actually like the bumblebee uniforms? No. Okay, good. Uh, Thank you. I feel like if you're in like that 16 to 21 year old age group where it's like cool to wear a goofy jersey to a party maybe, but but that's about it. Okay. And then here's my last question. I had a teacher in high school who was a Steelers fan. And if, if I could ever slap a superior person, I would. Because she sat there and claimed that they wear black and gold, not black and yellow. You guys wear uh, black and yellow. You wear black and yellow. It's not gold. Can correct. you please finally admit it? It's just a yellow. Oh, you admit I'm with you, hundred percent. That thank you. That you know what's funny too is that, um, and I, I do the the show that I do on Steelers Nation Radio from from noon to two is with Arthur Motes. He's a four, he played for the Bills and the Steelers, former mm-hmm. linebacker, and he's told me before we've had this conversation that in the equipment room, like if you look at the Steelers equipment orders, because you know all that stuff's like coded, like everything you order, you've got your color codes. It's yellow. So yeah, with 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 our generation, everybody says yellow. It's the it's like the seventies Steelers heads who say black and gold, and that all comes from I don't know if you guys have heard that rally song. It's like here we go, cheer the Steelers, the black and the gold. Here we go. It was like a seventies Steelers pump up song, and that's where that came that. from. That's where that came from, and it stuck, and it it does. It divides Pittsburgh because if you're like. 35 and under, you call it yellow. If you're like 36 and older, no, they're the black and gold. It's just don't ask questions. They're the black and gold. I, I paid you guys a compliment earlier saying you were the superior football city. After hearing that song, Fly Eagles Five is clearly better. <laughs> and I'm taking the superior football city I'll back. Go, I'll, go with, I'll go with Country Roads, all right? How about, all right that's fine. That? I love John Denver. Um, unless Kyle's got any more football questions, I'll wrap it up with my John Mayer question. John Mayer all. Dude. All right, so it's really not a John Mayer question. More or less, I'm going to propose to you our own podcast. I'm not a John Mayer stan, but I've been to at least 45 Dave Matthews Band concerts. So I feel like there's an overlap here, and there most likely is. Have you ever seen that Jimmy Kimmel tweet where it's like, is hell just John Mayer covering Dave Matthews songs? I yes. feel like me and you speak the same language here, and we should just start a podcast called like Dave Mayer Band or something like that. The all, Dave only, Mayer Band. <laughs> you can only talk about – John, John Matt, the John Matthews experience. Yeah, yeah, you can only talk about John Mayer, and then there's never going to be a transition. You're just going to stop, and I'm just going to pick it up with Dave Matthews band talk, and that'll just be the episodes. 
What if I told you that I've seen Dave Matthews Band like seven or eight times live? Uh, and that, what I would say is next time they play in Hershey, we meet in the middle and we just get out. Yes, now you're talking. And that, that I even, I mean, I'm going to peel back the curtain here, but you know what? When I was 16 years old, 13 years ago, geez, my, geez, Louise, 13 years ago when I was 16, I may or may not have uh, gotten an underage and a possession charge at a Dave Matthews Band concert. I would just, just say, just throw, just throw it out there. I got kicked out for pissing on a wall at a Dave Matthews Band concert. So, you know, it's what happened. If you didn't get in trouble at a DMB concert in your youth, you didn't do your, your youth right. I mean, put that on my tombstone. I'll go ahead and say I, I, I haven't gotten thrown out. It's probably because I respect the musician too much. I literally, like I think it was two years ago, I followed him like down the entire Eastern. I've, I spent way too much money on Dave Matthews Band. But I'm glad we're on the same page. I'll schedule in for next Tuesday. We'll put our yeah. first episode out. I, I did, I've done that the past couple summers with Dead & Company. I, I'm with you, man. I love – I love summer shows. That's the thing that I like that this quarantine, that's been the worst part about all this. Yeah. I mean, aside from like the real health and the, the real world factor and jobs and things like that. Yeah, like, I mean, that's kind of cool. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, yeah, funny. being, being in a, in a lawn somewhere like in July with a beer in my hand and yep. maybe, some, maybe something rolled up in the other hand and, and sure. music playing like that. That's my happy pot place, man. And, and none of that this summer, unfortunately. I'm going to put a hand up my bed. Someone asked me to go dead and company. I'm like, I don't even know who that is. Not realizing it was John Mayer with the Grateful Dead. And then oh. I looked it up the next day and I, I literally was like, maybe I'll just like go jump in a pool and never get out. Cause I'm embarrassed at myself. I've, I've seen them concert. like, I've seen them like four times at, at BB and T in Camden. And I'm telling you guys, they, they, always, they always play there anytime <laughs> they tour and, and hopefully next summer they will, you know, we'll be able to have concert tours and, and they'll play there. You gotta go. I mean, it's, it's just three hours there. of dancing and it's dancing and, and fun for three hours. Well, it's, Dave, it's Dave's back for Father's Day weekend. Yep. Pandemic, pandemic for, forgiving. Hopefully pandemic's gone. We'll finish with this. Favorite Dave song. Go. Number 41. Okay. It's not a bad choice. I'm always a best of what's around guy. That's a big That's one. a great – best yeah. of what's around is a great one. That's, that's, yeah. my favorite al- that's my favorite album, I think, for sure, yeah. under the text of dreaming. Um, yeah. So what about your favorite live song? I think, I think Louisiana Bayou is almost the goat of the live song. With, when, ever since Tim Reynolds joined the band full time, it's, it's all time with – Louisiana Bayou and Buddy Strong. Buddy Strong will play some Boyd Tinsley. You know what? I'm going to go off the board here. You know what song I love when they do live? Is it Sledgehammer? One, One Sweet World. Oh, that's a good song. It's a good song. That's that's a respectable answer. Wrap it up here before we ruin this relationship. I feel like I need to like, <laughs> you guys like Dead and Company. You love Dave. I feel like I got to be a fish guy. I feel like I just got to go all into fish. There's nothing wrong with fish. Nothing wrong with fish. I'm not a huge fan, but I'm not a hater. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, like when they're on, I don't, I don't skip the, the song or anything. Oh, here's a hot take for on John Mayer. His free falling might be better than Tom Petty. Oh. Let's let the comments get angry at that. I'll say it. Finally. If I really, if I really wanted to piss off the Philly crowd, I could say his uh, I'm on fire is better than Bruce Springsteen's, yeah, but I would, I would, I would, I would right. dare. That's where the conversation ends. I never, See, we did, I did the bad thing. Now the friendship's fractured. No, I never, we'll understood, I never understood Bruce. I never understood the love. It's oh, I love interested. Bruce. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're allowed to work in in some type of sports media if you don't love Bruce Springsteen. I feel like yeah, that's a prerequisite on every job application. Must love the boss. Must cry to every Thunder Road live recording. Yeah, come on. Listen, Christmas time. Santa Claus coming to town. You sign me up for that. <laughs> yeah, it's number two behind Christmas song. Dave Matthews Band. Wes, this was a blast. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on. Anytime, well, fellas. This this was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. And I don't know if you guys do much hockey talk or, or anything, but if you ever if you ever want Flyers, Penguins stuff, I'm here. Yeah. Go Isles. Go Birds. Awesome. Yeah. Isles stuff too. Oh, wait. Hold on. Before we let you go, official prediction. 
Oh, yeah. They're going to um, Steelers, I don't know if you guys have seen this. Longest streak in the NFL without scoring 30 or more points. 23 weeks. Now, granted, a lot of those games were without Ben last year. I think the Steelers light it up this week. Uh, 31 to 20. Okay, Steelers. so they cover. They cover big time. Okay. I got Bird 63 nothing. but what about you, Kyle? Bird 63 nothing. Okay, good. good. Wes, again, thank you very much. Awesome. Fellas, fellas, it was a blast. I love what you guys got going on here. Keep it up. There needs to be more fun, more goofiness in this media podcast radio space. So keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks, man. All right, we'll catch him on ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio Pittsburgh, iHeart Pittsburgh. That's at Wesley Euler. Not how it sounds. U-H-L-E-R. Euler. Euler. Awesome. Thanks, Wes. Thanks, Wes. No problem, boys. It's America's favorite game. The Water Boys, what do we call it? This the betting wheel, the fun wheel? I, I've been calling it the fun wheel. Okay, it's fun. I have fun gambling. A little skin in the game. Gary, who you want to go first? Uh, PJ always goes first. Okay, PJ, you go first. Always goes PJ, Kyle, then me. And how are we doing this? Over, under, spread. Over, under, then against the spread. PJ, Spin you that AFC wheel. East. Why are you smiling at me? Take the AFC East. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't hear you. <laughs> I, said, I said spin that wheel. Yeah, shut your mouth. All right. I'm going blanking on the AFC East right now. The Jets. Oh, okay. Over, listen, over 47 Cardinals Jets. Jets can't stop anyone. Putting up 30 at least for Kyler Murray and crew. I've never seen someone look more unconfident in a, in a bet <laughs> than you just did. It might be PJ's guarantee of the week. Hint, hint. All right. So it landed on PJ has to sing milkshake, then we respin. PJ, you want to sing? PJ, would you like to sing milkshake, please? Um, I've stated that I will not be singing Milkshake due to Kyle not wearing Joker makeup. Yeah, let's talk about this real fast. I if, think we should. If the Water Boys Fun Wheel was a credit report, Kyle would have a delinquency. Uh, availability to a rebuttal? Go ahead. You don't really have a go. statement. You're not wearing makeup. Let me hold on. Before you rebuttal, you not having three tubes of white make white. Red and black makeup is ludicrous. It's no, it's October. Spirit Halloween's everywhere. Go ahead. Give me your rebuttal. We filmed a great video that did okay. 6,000 views last week on Thursday. How many? 6,000. Okay. And, you know, it's it, it got away from me. We, we, we rescheduled a couple pods. to We rescheduled the pod to Friday, released Saturday. I was editing the video and whatnot, putting that together, you know, kind of – Got Bryce Treggs to come on the on the podcast if you forgot about that one. Well, I mean, John Barchard helped a lot with that. But he interacted with us and everything. And, uh, you I, know, mm, I'm not, I, all right, I'll give you the editing, but the Treggs thing, me and you probably had the same input on that. So, he also didn't give us a retweet. It was a retweet. Like, pretty big. Yeah, but he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't give us a retweet on the pod. Well, uh, don't worry. Bryce Tre- don't talk ill on our agent, PJ. Come on. Yeah. All right, we're gonna spin again. Maybe if it comes back up, PJ. I will. I will. I will. I will wake that up. I will make that bet up. NFC West. NFC West. All right, we're doing overs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like PJ. Uh, all I see is the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, take oh, it. Oh, San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> and I took the Cardinals and Jets. You ride with PJ right now? It's not a bad bet if you do. PJ, do you have a soul patch? Do I? I shaved today. Did I miss a spot? 
just looks like you got soul patch right now. Last year during Halloween, okay. I rocked I rocked the goatee. Okay, good for you. Kyle, you got a pick yet? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, Rams, uh, Washington Football Club, over 46 and a half. Okay. You writing that down, PJ? Football team. Rams. 46.5. All right, so it landed on PJ singing. PJ, do you want to sing? I plead the fifth. I I I retract. I continue my statement. I also got the AFC East. Jeez. So I've been like really blanking on teams lately. You took the Jets one. I think I might take this Dolphins one. No, I'm not. What am I saying? Where? The, what's the, who? Are the Bills playing? The Titans that might get canceled. Can I? Can I take the over on that? You can take Is there it. A line. Is there an over on them getting canceled? Because it's not on here. Uh, you know what? I'll just take the over with PJ. There's there's really no other. I'm not taking that Dolphins one, so I'll take Cardinals Jets. Yeah, that 51 and a half Dolphins San Francisco 49ers one is a little high. That's really high. They they maybe two is starting. Who knows? All right, now we're going unders. We're going unders. PJ, you're up. All right, let's get it. AFC North. AFC North. Bears. Um, I'm going under 51. Baltimore Ravens and Cincinnati Bengals. Lamar Jackson has not practiced in two days. I don't know if he's playing. I'll take the okay. under. Make him throw the ball. I was I, I had I had them minus fourteen last week. Watching him throw the ball was honestly nauseating. Okay, I love the I love the response out of you, Kyle. That's great football inside. Thank you. No problem. All right, Kyle gets AFC West. Okay. Kansas City Vegas fifty five. Uh, that's that's high. I just, I look at every every fifty plus game. I look at that's too high. It's too high for my blood. Okay. So is that your under? Yeah, I'm gonna take that as my under. I don't like it, but okay. I'm gonna take it. All right. It came up with the PJ again. PJ, you want to sing? I feel like it's. I feel like it. It's it's not doing that. And I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I'm I'm 100 percent honest. It came up again. Will's got a mind of its own. Do you want to sing or no? I I once again deny singing. Okay. To all my fans. Again, I'll spin again. I'm gonna leave that on. It's gonna hit again. PJ hit again. PJ, find out <laughs> PJ on his OnlyFans. You can hear him sing. Yeah. yeah. So you're still not gonna sing because it landed on it again. We're gonna drop. We're gonna drop like a separate video of me singing. Okay. And Kyle wearing makeup. I need to be honest with you. I got. I also got the AFC West. I feel like we get a lot of AFC West on this podcast. Who's in the AFC West, boys? Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos. I'll take the Chargers one under. The Saints stink. 50 and a half. I don't hate that one. Uh, All right. Against uh, the spread. Ready, boys? Against mm -hmm. the spread. Here we go, Peach. PJ gets the NFC East. Will he take the Philadelphia Eagles? I will take. I'll take yeah, the birds this. plus seven and a half. Let's go. You want to sing the Fly Eagles Fly song? Could, could we all sing it together? Not right now. All right. Ready, Kyle? Mm -hmm. AFC North. Wow. Could you be taking the Eagles? No. Fuck you. No. Not at all. Brutal. I want I want Bengals plus twelve and a half. I don't I I, I who think they, Lamar, who they Lamar Jackson is a fraud. Okay, I love the, I love that you're sitting on that take. I mean, I at one point you are Mark Brunel. 
He overthrew Marquise Hollywood Brown, and the announcer goes, well, at least you can know he's got the arm strength. It's like, I'd rather my guy hit, hit my wide receiver in stride. Hold on a second. If Carson Wentz overthrows a receiver, he's, he's inaccurate, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Just, just clearing that up, boys. I'm going to get the AFC South. That has to be the worst division in football, right? Like, does anyone like a team from the AFC South? I mean, the NFC East is the worst division, but... No, no, no. I'm saying in terms of the marketable teams. Likeability? Yeah. It's, it's, up, it's definitely up there. Like, no one in the... There's not a Texans fan in the world, is there? I don't know. I think Jeff Van Gundy's a Texans fan. You know what? Fuck it. Give me the Jaguars plus six. <laughs> Actually, stop. Give me the Jaguars outright winners. Outright winners. I'm going to give you the money line on that. I'm going to get the money line on that. Jaguars outright 220. Wrap it up. Getting in hindsight, I really wish I took the points. I like that, Gare. I'll be I'll be joining you that on Sunday. Okay, I love that. I really wish I took the points though. That's all. I'm all right. Oh, to go over outright. To go over all the plays, Kyle has the football team and Rams over forty six and a half. Me and Gary both have the Cardinals and Jets over forty seven. For the unders, Kyle has the Raiders and Chiefs under fifty five. Gary has the Chargers and Saints under fifty and a half, and I have the Ravens and Bengals under fifty one. And for against the spreads, Kyle has Kyle and the non-believer in the Baltimore Ravens has the Bengals plus 12 and a half. Gary has the Jaguars outright plus 220. Or if you're following at home, they're a plus five and a half right now or six. And I have the birds plus seven and a half. Oof. All right. Well, hey, listen, before we wrap it up, let me just oh. say something. Before oh. we wrap it up, I just want to, I want to go, I want to put something out there. Okay. Um, we, at this point, we already listened to the interview with Wes. I love that guy, by the way. We got into a little bit of music. We had some sad news in the music world this week. We lost Eddie Van Halen, who is, in my opinion, a top five guitar player of all time. So, in honor of Eddie Van Halen, I think, one, we should change up the music and maybe play a little bit of Running With The Devil to end this song, end this podcast out. If we get sued, I don't care. Fuck it. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, wanted that. We're going to run it all the way through. So listen to this. If you want to listen to Lil Van Halen at the end of this, listen to that. Here's my top five guitarists of all time. Now I'm going to, I'm going to lay it out. I'm not going to give you reasons. It's a controversial top five, but I'm going to give it to you. I actually have one too if you want me to do it. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Let me get yours, let me get yours first. Okay. You're not going to like mine. Um, okay. Clapton. I love uh, that pick. Jimi Hendrix, just because uh, okay. if you don't have him in there, you're going to get crucified. Yep. Um, Steven Van Zandt, because he played Silvio on Sopranos. Very good. Uh, Jimmy Page, because he had a double guitar, and I love Led Zeppelin. Harder to play double guitar than it is to play a single guitar. Everybody knows that. Very fair. And then Alan Collins. Alan Collins was the guitarist on Freebird. I could never beat Freebird and Guitar Hero. Okay. So, had to be for something. So, let me tell you something. Little little inside story. You, If you talk to my dad, God rest his soul, they had two kids, and he said, I took my wife to an Eric Clapton concert. Nine months later, Gary showed up. Ooh. So, this is an inside joke. With my mom, I think my mom's okay with me talking about this. She's not. Sorry, mom. I love you. Fuck. I'm just happy you didn't end up with the Clapton baby. That was really mean. <laughs> Good God. All right. Here's my top five. Number one, undisputed for me, will always be David Gilmore. He is the guitarist from Pink Floyd. Comfortably numb, another brick in the wall. Those guitar solos are all time. Don't at me. Number two is Eric Clapton. I wish my name was Clapton. I should be Clapton Lay because my parents missed the boat on that one. I should 
If I have a kid, I should name my kid Clapton. My wife will never do that. Um, number three, because I don't want to get yelled at, is Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix is yeah, a very right. good guitar player. He, a lot of people don't know this. Jimi Hendrix was a left-handed guitar player but played a right-handed guitar, so he played it upside down. So the E string was all the way at the top, and the, and the and the biggest string was all the way at the bottom. So it was very odd for him. Number number four is is uh, our recently late Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen is a very good guitar player. Very good. You heard "Beat It." It's a great song. Don't you know like "Beat It" in your hand? The music "Beat It." Michael Jackson might have beat. Nah, let's let's leave that joke for up there. And then <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna round it out with a newcomer to the top five. If you haven't listened to it, you listen to West. Tim Reynolds. Tim Reynolds is is. A guitarist who joined Dave Matthews Band, even previous to his time with Dave Matthews Band, TR3. Tim Reynolds is one of the best guitarists walking this earth, and you should go listen to one Dave Matthews Band. You should go listen to TR3, and then when you hear Tim Reynolds talk, you're going to be like, whoa, because he's like, hi, everybody. My name is Tim Reynolds. But he's a very good guitar player. So with that, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen, and go Birds. Go Birds.